What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Starfellows, your favorite D&D podcast in a galaxy far, far away. I'm your Dungeon Master, Rob, and with me, as always, are my friends, Hannah. Hello. What's up, big pants? (laughs) (laughs) Amelia Som. Hola. And Brennan. Hey, Dylan. We open with Rama entering his jail cell. The metal bars of the cell door close behind you with a... and a cold and sterile prison cell awaits you. Inside your cell with you is an ugly, green, dirty Gamorian, a pig-faced alien wearing only tattered black work pants, boots, and a stained vest. He snarls hoggishly at you, and his pig lips part to show yellowed teeth and tusks in a rotting pink mouth. The breath is horrible, Rama. The rest of the jail that you are in is just a long hallway of similar cells with various ne'er-do-wells, drunks, and suspects. You see several combat-modded droids a few cells down that are powered down. Next uh, to you, you hear the skittering squeaks of Jawas exchanging panic dialogue in the cell next to you. Far down the hall, you hear something large banging against the bars of its cell. A pair of flying saucer-shaped droids with dangling metal arms patrol down the hall, tasing prisoners that start fights and try to break out. Straight across from you is a dark, purple-skinned Nautilin man, staring daggers at you with his huge, black, expressionless eyes. In his cell with him is a human. Um, this is just a shot in the dark. Is that the similar Nautilin to the one that they lost in the, the prologue? Uh, roll an investigation check. God, what? 
just once I'd like you to have me roll something with more guns. Okay. Roll with advantage. Okay, there we go. Uh, all right, well, the first roll's a four, so there's that. Ah, the second roll's a nat 20. I don't know what the modifier is. It's minus something, though. Uh, you rolled a nat 20. That'll, yeah. that'll do it. Absolutely. You look at this Nautilin man through the bars of your cell. He's leaning against the wall of his cell, looking directly at you, and you see that this is the Nautilin that was frozen in carbonite on your ship. Uh, he looks at you and says, he doesn't recognize you because you're, yeah. you're, uh, this guy. Yes. The, the D word Zabrak. Yeah, so Zabrak is what we'll, we'll refer to it. We made a mistake in earlier episodes in describing the race that Darth Maul was as a Deveronian, which is a separate red-skinned race with horns. <laughs> Star Wars, yeah. Not the racial uh, profiling. <laughs> it's not my fault they were written similar. Uh, Zabrak. Dathomir, that's right. Dathomir, yeah. not Deveronian. They're. Yeah, Dathomir Zabrak is the full distinction, but we're just going to refer to it as Zabrak to make it more uh, understandable. You look essentially like Darth Maul. Dark red skin, you have uh, face tattoos around your eyes and your cheeks, and a ring of horns around the top of your head. You look very intimidating. He doesn't recognize you as the Mandalorian, though, because you're not wearing your armor, and he wouldn't know what you look like underneath. He looks through his cell and says... Oh boy, I'm glad that I am in this cell and you are over there with the Gamorrean. His breath, I can smell it all the way from here, and I'm sure it's worse up close. I gotta ask, what are you in for, friend? Ah, what am I in for? Well, this is quite a story. You see, a few days ago when the lightning struck, I was on board a ship, a bounty hunter ship. A Mandalorian had captured me in my sleep. You see, I owed a debt to a certain man named Brick. I was a smuggler, you see, and, well, I was uh, stopped by patrols as I was traveling across the rims, and I had to dump my cargo. He was not very happy about this. It cost him a lot of money, so he hired the bounty hunter to come get me. Now, you may be asking, so how did you end up in jail cell? And that would be a very good question. I was frozen in carbonite, but through my own technological cunning and skill, I was able to break myself free, and I escaped with the escape pod. But the damn thing was broken. I could not pilot it, all controls were busted. So I crash-landed in the middle of the Power and Lights district. I caused a lot of damage. So now I am here, locked up because some Mandalorian couldn't fix his ship. Uh, in my in, in Rama's head, he's got the, the task failed successfully. <laughs> a notification popping up above his broken-ass escape pod. And then he's like, <clears throat> That's quite a tale of woes, my friend. Uh, so you say, did anything of that pod survive, or did you just did it end up crashing into a building or something? Did the pod survive? I am sure that some junker picked it up. But uh, once it was embedded into the brick street, it did not seem like it was going to be of much use anymore. I was quickly apprehended after that. What well, are you in for, <clears throat> friend? Oh, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I was, oh, sorry, one second, I got a, a uh, <clears throat> my cellmate's talking to me. Well, what was that you said over there? <laughs> you don't say, huh? Uh, what was her name? 
uh, the Gamorian approaches you and uh, tries to push you against the cell. Uh, <laughs> uh, I ain't no snitch. I'm not calling the damn guard bots. I'm just gonna, like, all right, so uh, roll me an opposed athletics check. I think I'm... Am I stronger in this race? I'm trying to think of what the... What's that? that Zabrak, I should check um, it out. I think you retain... Well, so you don't take on the... Well, you, you actually do take on the natural bonuses of the races that you change it yeah. to. Zabrak. I'd lose my dex bonus, I guess, but so Zabrak, racial bonus. I should have thought of this sooner. All right. Racial traits. Um... Self-taught, their value strength, ability score racial traits. Uh, plus one to strength. All right. But I guess I lose my two charisma and one, no, two decks, one charisma. So lying with deception is going to be less easy. But. You, you're, not gonna, you're not going to, to lose bonuses that you already have that are innate to you. Okay. Actually, I'm going to say that like set, like your, your strength isn't changing because you're just changing your appearance. So whatever your strength bonus is, whatever your dex bonus is, keep that. It's mostly just the like intimidation persuasion checks that Got change. It. So you should so, have a bonus to intimidation uh, of, of plus two, I think is what I said last episode. And then just keep whatever strength modifier. So go ahead and roll that opposed athletics check. That was a solid 10. The solid ten. Uh, you, uh, he shoves you up against the bars. Yeah, you don't take any damage, but he shoves you up against the bars and goes, <laughs> um, and uh, he, his breath is overwhelming. Um, he lets you down after a second and just kind of like huffs off and like walks into the corner of the cell um, and just keeps his eye on you. That bad, huh? Oh my goodness! Uh, I'll tell you, you should get that looked at. Your cellmate does not seem to like you much. Well, yeah, a lot of that going around. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm not sure that I like you very much. Well, I don't like you either. <laughs> Sorry. You're a Zavrak, no? Uh, what was your first impression? How'd you, how'd you guess? You look like well, a Zavrak. Scratch one of my horns. I was being sarcastic. Yes, I'm a Zavrak. What, what, you got a problem with uh, that kind of thing? Oh, well, it depends. You would not happen to have uh, perhaps been a part of a raiding party of Zabraks that came to the planet Glianslam about ten years ago, would you? Uh, no. In fact, ten years ago, I was on Coruscant. Ah, I see. Ah, well, then I do not have any quarrel with you. Uh, you neither. Uh, Zoni ever have a harmonic I can play or something? Uh... One of the droids, a few cells down, that's locked up, uh, boots up, and he starts playing like eight-bit uh, keyboard sounds <laughs> for you, um, just like shitty eight-bit chords. Um, um, Hell yeah! The large creature, whatever it is, that's like a few cells down the hallway, starts banging louder, um, and you hear like the sounds of like a Wookie like yelling, uh, like in response to the music. Um, so you just hear like. Um, Lo-fi uh, Star Wars beats to get arrested too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a moment to probe Rama's mind. What? Um, you're in jail. Yeah. You don't have your armor. You don't have your weapons. You're in debt. Uh, you don't know where your friends are, 
and your only chance of getting the money to improve your life uh, is outside these walls. So what is Rama thinking about? So in Rama's head, he's, uh, he's sitting there in a cell, and he's thinking um, about some mistakes he's made. And the uh, first thing he thinks of was any other time some useless old man is going to get attacked and it's going to get in the way of him and his plan to retire and not have to fight anymore. He's just going to be like, it's not my problem, you know? And he is kind of dwelling on the fact that he, this old man called him a knight, which <laughs> endeared himself to him and made him care about him enough to shoot the people attacking him and then try to heal him and then take him back and thinking, see, this is what happens when you care about other people or anything else. And then he's like, you know, I feel like I messed up other ways after that, but sheesh, you know. Um, I'm used to being pretty much bulletproof with uh, Beskar armor, and now I've got even better Beskar armor, I didn't use it. And, um, you know, like some things you can't just shoot your way out of, and uh, being a bounty hunter, I could, for the most part, and this is a bit stickier, and involves a little bit more finesse, and uh, I gotta start trying to do things myself. But, at any rate, you know, not, not don't feel bad enough to feel guilty about probably screwing over the Jedi because they're you know, Jedi or Jedi, and uh, the but he does feel a little bit bad about the uh, about the ex Jedi that has you know took him in and helped him out and he kind of shot in the proverbial foot. So, um, and he's just sitting there, used to being literally bulletproof, and now a victim of his own circumstance and poor decision making. Yeah, I I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, go ahead and roll me a lore check with advantage. Got it. Lore, man, you really like these like these brain checks. All right, first roll on the die is an eleven. The second roll on the die is a twelve. There we go. Okay, lore oh, plus zero. There's a shock. All right, so that's a twelve. A twelve. Twelve is good enough. Um, you take stock of your surroundings and reflect a little bit and think about where your life is headed. Um, and a couple things occur to you. The first is that this jail is attached to the downtown police precinct for the Power and Lights District. So you know that this isn't a full-sized prison for as bleak and smelly and unsettling as this corridor of lost hope seems. You know that it pales in comparison to the Vlad Tetraplex prison on the far southern outskirts of the Power and Lights District. And you know that if things don't play out well, you're very likely to end up at the prison. And that prison is called the Vlad colloquially um, by people that have um, experience with it. Does not get good reviews. Two stars in the Airbnb. Um, um, I guess I'm gonna dwell on an image for a second and then go back to my cottage on Alderaan I've been dreaming about for 10 years and be like, um, Yes, so time passes in your cell. Um, about a few hours passes and in walks in with, uh, you know, metal feet clumping on the ground. <laughs> a humanoid looking medical droid, an a, uh, a 2-1B medical surgeon droid 
approaches your cell. One of his arms is a pneumatic three-fingered claw, and the oh, other arm cool. is a medical multi-purpose tool that is currently set to a syringe mode um, with an empty syringe. And it, uh, these droids have like a skull-shaped face with what looks like an oxygen mask on the front of their face that is connected to a tube that runs to various parts of its lower abdomen. Um, you know that these medical droids handle a lot of multi-purpose first aid and medical testing. Um, the droid approaches your cell, bows face to you, um, and says, Prisoner Chris Souk, please present your arm through the bars. I'm going to turn to the pig guy and be like, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> all right, all right, it was a joke. Uh, <clears throat> before I do that, can I ask why? The station needs to take a blood sample to confirm your identity. Can I get a lawyer first? This is mandatory. <sighs> do I have any other options? The droid doesn't respond to you. Alright. Just come sit there and stare at it. <laughs> Please comply. I'm just going to say, he's just going to say to himself, like, oh, some nightmares never end. Uh, <clears throat> before I present my arm, can you tell me what happens if I don't comply? Uh, a small, a, like, thimble-shaped light pops out of this thing's shoulder, starts flashing red and blue, and you hear a... And flying saucer droids with the arms that are patrolling the hallway start converging to the sides of this droid. And you see slight electrical shocks come from some of their dangling metal arms. Uh, Rama is like, well, I guess it's happening one way or another. Uh, like, thought my ringtone was bad. He just sticks his arm through the bar. Um, <laughs> thank you for complying. Uh, the medical droid grips your forearm, takes the syringe arm, presses it into your bicep, and starts uh, extracting blood. It lasts for about 20 seconds, and Ow. then it removes its arm, um, and then it uh, goes away. Uh, it clumps down back the hallway, uh, and it is gone. Um, we're going to cut real quick to Akala. Akala, you've been waiting around the police station uh, for news from Maxi regarding the coroner's report um, and the charges levied against Rama. You convinced him last episode to consider dropping the murder charges on the theory that the people that Rama killed were actually dead on arrival, that they had vital signs that were so low prior to encountering Rama, that they were effectively walking corpses being animated by the parasites. He had to check on the corner, or check with the corner and, and get an official cause of death listed uh, and all of that nonsense. Um, so a few hours have passed um, and midday has progressed to early evening. Um, the busy, bustling, filled uh, police station has quieted down as officers have started going uh, home and clocking out for the night or going on various patrols. There's still various clerical droids kind of buzzing around on wheels. Um, finally, 
Maxi comes uh, to you walking from you know from a hallway uh, and says, "Hello, Akala. Do you have any updates for me, Maxi?" I do. It's been a busy day. We've had to rush some things, but uh, why don't we step into my office and we can discuss things? Okay, I follow him. Great. He leads you to uh, his office. It is a very cramped office, like almost like an underpaid professor's office from college, where it's like this is a this is a square room with a window and a desk. And one chair behind the desk, one chair in front of the desk, and a bunch of papers and scrolls and a computer and some tablets. But it's pretty much packed besides that. So he sits down in the slightly comfier of the two chairs in the room and gives you like a big exhale and leans back in his chair and is just like, it's been, it's been quite the week. Um, sorry, I'm just a little bit tired. Um, so I talked with the coroner, and he has more or less confirmed what you talked to me about early in the day, which is that the uh, the individuals that were afflicted with the uh, what we have started calling them the uh, force parasites, they were at a state of degradation that was akin to the early stages of death. They were extremely dehydrated. Um, their skin and soft tissue is decomposing slightly. Uh, it is safe to say that uh, charging Chris with murder uh, would be justified, yet not a technically correct legal theory to advance upon him um, in a prosecutorial case. So that is some good news. There is some bad news um, and some things that you did not tell me about. Um, along with the coroner's report, a uh, medical droid drew his blood um, about a half hour ago. It turns out that he is not a Zabrak. He's a Claudite. Yes, that's correct. Okay, and you didn't think that to mention that he was in disguise this whole time? To be fair, I don't think I've ever actually seen him in his true form. I think he's mentioned it to us once, but it honestly didn't cross my mind. To us? To... To me. He kind of, like, looks at you tiredly and then blinks his eyes and is just like, oh, um, right. Uh, well, that would have been good to know. Um, so because he's been essentially lying about his identity, we had to do some normal background checks. Um, it turns out he was wanted for several more things than just murder. Um, looks like he was involved in an incident in the upper atmosphere shortly before the lightning calamity. Um, just with my interactions with him alone, there's several minor charges that he's facing, so it's not looking like he's going to get off scot-free. I'm sorry, I suppose, that I couldn't do more for you, but, well, we'll have to see what the judge says. I've managed to fast-track him a trial, uh, well, not really a trial, more of an indictment in the sentencing hearing for this, uh, for this early evening. 
That's amazing, Maxi. I really appreciate that. I do. Thank you, Okola. I... I feel like I haven't been particularly kind to you over the years. I am going to stay quiet. I'm not going to respond to that. I know, I know. I... Look. I... The job that I do and the job that you're going to do are very different occupations. We both share an aspiration to be the best Jedi we can be. And to be honest with you, recently it's been harder to stay focused on balance and force. I've, with all things that are happening, I've felt uneasy, unsteady. And I've had a chance to reflect about, you know, what the Jedi Order should be going forward. And I keep regretting that, despite sharing a master, we were never too close. I um I share your sentiment. I I think it's been a an odd time for all of us. Okay. Um, he you can see that he like looks pretty out of his element. Um. Like his normally like very controlled expression, you can see like is quavering a little bit. Um, you know, you I think you in this moment kind of think back to the like slight snippet of conversation you overheard when you walked by the chief of police's office of just like somebody yelling about things not being done fast enough and like all these stressors. Um, and you can see that this like stress has been weighing down Maxi for uh, a little bit of time. Listen, I remember being a Padawan um, and getting my first real assignments and feeling like I was completely over my head. Um, for now, let's just table the fact that you withhold information from me. Um, you were clearly lying to try to advance your own mission. Um, and, you know, between us, I... I can't say that I would do differently. I'm scared of these worms. I am too. They're not friendly. No. One of the things I've been investigating is a, a murder that happened in the Power and Lights District a few weeks ago. A Bith was impaled uh, behind a bar named The Deep Drink. I'm not talking just run through or stabbed. He was found pinned six feet up on a brick wall by a large cylindrical metal pipe. It would have been an immaculate feat of strength for somebody to have done that. So either something very large and strong impaled another person into a wall, or... And he kind of pauses for you to finish the thought. Or someone is using the force with ill intent. That is what I thought as well. And now you have uncovered that there are parasitic beings that are force-related, at the very least, that exhibit qualities that I would describe as dominating, negative, hateful, 
I don't want to scare you, and I don't know this for sure, but I think there are dark forces active now. I don't know that it's the Sith, but it could be something similar. Well, it's already a pretty frightening situation. That is very useful information to have. Right. Well, um, enough dilly-dallying. When I said that I fast-tracked this procedure, I really meant that I fast-tracked it. I had to call in some favors from the prosecutor's uh, office, so in 40 minutes, uh, would you like to accompany me to, uh, well, his name can't be Chris, can it? Um, no, it's, uh, Rama. Right. Okay. Well, I'll have to change some documents then, but in 40 minutes, we'll have Rama's hearing. Um, and you, would you like to accompany me to that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, this has been a good conversation, Akala. Um, we're going to cut now to L. Hi. Hi. Um, How are you? I'm doing good. Um, Same. When we last saw L, he was wandering around the Argoplex, uh, again, which is this massive, like, Central Park-sized circular plaza around the Central Arc Projector and Downtown Power and Lights. There is a ton of people in a crowd that are walking in circles around the plaza, going to different shops that are stationed on the outside of the circle and a bunch of other, like, stands and small uh, vendors kind of in towards the center of the plaza. So you're in a very crowded space right now. It's pretty easy for you to move around. There are a lot of police um, around, um, and you know that there is at least one Jedi in the police department. So it's not a completely safe area for you to be in. Um, there's very little road noise here because there's no speeders or cars allowed in the center of the district. And at some point in the past few hours, M-Zero wandered off from Akala and found you in the crowd. So you hear um, the metallic, like, galloping footsteps of your M-Zero droid, and he uh, he doesn't jump on you and start climbing like, on you like Akala or Rama, but uh, he does kind of come up next to you and just kind of, like, looks up at you. Hi. I, I don't know what that means. Um, M-Zero kind of just shrugs um, and just kind of like looks to you to follow your lead. I just start walking. Okay. Um, yeah. Does he, he follow? He yeah. starts following you. Yeah, he just like stays like a half step behind you and just kind of follows you. Uh, what is what is L thinking about kind of in this span of time where you're just out on the street kind of waiting for things to develop with Akala and Rama inside? Um... Elle is definitely thinking about the fact that, like, oh, I just realized I could have named them L, like, L. Oh, oh well. Um, like E L L E. I just realized it was oh. like an actual name. I didn't think about that till now. Uh, <laughs> you, you want what Elle's thinking about or what Amelia's thinking about? No, sorry. Okay. Um, Elle is mostly thinking about the conversation that they had with Akala, um, specifically about Maxi, about Akala not, like, lying um, well, and 
also like the position that they've put Akala in. Um, also thinking about like Rama being in jail and how that's going to pan out because there's nothing he can really do about that. Um, but also like trying to think into the future of how does this end um, and what that looks like and if they should just come clean, if they should ask Akala or like what the goal is um, after this all wraps up. And then also probably just flicking between that to like the weird lightning and the the like the power surge, the force parasites trying to figure out like what that has to do. And then the fact that they're still looking for Oko and like trying to find Oko, they keep getting on these little leads with the force parasites and like trying to just sort of piece together all of these things to see what they're missing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, you've picked up a lot of information that is helpful and insightful, but like there's clearly pieces in the middle missing. Like you, you guys still aren't all that close to understanding fully what's going on with Oko and how she disappeared. And the parasites are mysterious as ever, um, although you guys are getting closer to getting to a point where you can deal with them comfortably. Um, I think a stray thought of worry flashes across your mind of like what would happen if these parasites got out of control yeah um yeah also thinking about like these parasites inside regular people were already pretty hard to deal with especially for a regular person but if like these force parasites were able to get into someone who's already force sensitive like the amount of destruction that they could cause uh would be uh, very difficult to quell especially since we don't really know how they reproduce if they could infect like they've all they've been kind of just like life sucking but if there's any way they could like mimic intelligence or like get from one jedi to like another or that sort of thing is probably also just like worst case scenario like zombie movie kind of uh thought processes because it's definitely something where uh l def l feels out of his element um but also doesn't know ex but knows that like this is something that they have to deal with because that's this is what they're here and you know he's very much a believer in like you know the force fate all of those things yeah like the force is, has called you for better or worse into this problem yeah and there's nothing else to do but try to fix it yeah that's what l does they're a fixer while you're kind of walking around like the outer edge of this circle and making slow progress, turning around the center of the district, um, I would like you to make me a perception check. It's going to be a high DC, DC 15. I'm not going to hit it. There's no way. Yeah, that's a uh, perception. That's a seven. Um. Okay, uh, you're walking, your head is in the clouds, you're deep in thought. Next to you, you hear Monkey vocalize and go... <laughs> um, I look at him. You look right, like, right down to him, like by your feet, um, and he's looking dead in front of you, and you turn your head back, 
and where there was just crowd, there is a Trandoshan in sleek orange and black uh, tracksuit with weapons and a holster, um, a crossbow blaster on his back, and he's standing with his arms crossed and says, Please do not make any sudden moves. I would like to speak with you. What about... Do I recognize this? Like, I, Amelia, don't remember anything, but... Uh, L has not seen this Trandoshan Akala, this is probably, this is the same one from the bar, right? That Akala saw forever yeah, ago? I, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Akala saw this Trandoshan at the bar and then saw him again on top of the roofs outside of L's house. And Rama also spotted him while he was going to the Doodot Diner. Uh, would Rama and Akala have communicated that to L, Like, that they saw... This um, I don't think so. I think I would have brought it up if she did. Because um, twice is a coincidence. Three is weird. But, um, yeah. So, not yet. Rome is also, like, you know, it's a big galaxy. So it's kind of weird to see someone twice. But, you know, that's... It wouldn't be the weirdest shit that's happened in the last couple days. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so, L, you've not seen this trend ocean before. Yeah. So, so my question still stands. What was your question? Sorry. Uh, what about? Well, uh, I understand that you have taken the bounty for Oko Valni. What about it? Well, I've been following you and your crew. I know that you went to the Solar's world. I know that you went to the Duda Diner. I saw you exit an apartment. And I think I know where you're going next. And he pulls out a bounty puck, and it has blood covered on it. He clicks it, and in holographic letters, it shows the sleepless circuit. All right. You do not seem very impressed. Do you know where I got this bounty buck? Where? Let's just say I had to stomp on a few bugs. (laughs) So, uh, what's the reason you've been tracking us? I would like you to desist in your search for Oko. You have been following the bounty buck, but it will not lead you to any place else besides an early grave. I'm familiar with those. (laughs) I've dug quite a few myself. Um, Totally misinterprets what you meant by that. I understand that threats don't always work. I've come prepared. I do not want to fight you here amongst all these people. That would be needless. He reaches into his jacket and pulls out a credit card. This is 10,000 credits. It is not one million, but what's one million to a dead man, as opposed to 10,000 and still breathing. 
You've done such a good job at investigation so far. I'm surprised you picked the wrong mark for that one. No, you will not be persuaded. Not by anything you have to offer. Ah, I see. It's such a shame. You know I have been a patron of the Sleepless Circuit before. There is uh, one girl that I am very... I walk up to him and, like, impose over him. I think you should choose your next words very carefully. Um, he... I mean, are you trying to... I'm trying to intimidate him. Roll, um, an intimidation check. Let me pull up a stat block real quick. Natural 20 oh, for a 27. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you dare talk okay. about my roommate. Well, what does a 27 on intimidation look like? With like, a, <laughs> totally Elbows, fangs, and snarls at them. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking horrifying. Um, That's, ugh. Yes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> a natural 20 up to a 27. Fuck. All right. Actual <laughs> dice deity. Um, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter what this guy's stats are. Um, he takes a step back when you do that. Um, and he looks at you like, <laughs> okay, we've got a live one. I won't take up any more of your time. I understand that I may have misjudged. But take what I say to heart. If I see you this evening, there will not be as much talking. There will be much more gnashing of teeth. And he flashes you a lizard's grin and he walks off into the crowd and quickly disappears. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, post-mortem, wrap-up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So... As you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, but take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for 
the last time possibly so um yeah that's that's what we're gonna do um which also means this is gonna be my last announcement update whatever thing ever probably so um yeah I don't know. That's really all I kind of have to say. I'm a little behind on our social media pages, so I apologize for that. But um, we'll we'll get there. We'll catch up. And um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then um, I'm not 100% sure when the wrap up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while. Simply because a lot of us are busy um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, So they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually. Um, We're going to try to squeeze them in quick. But if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute. But they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. (laughs) Um, They'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah. That's that's it, I think. That's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because, I don't know, it's it's almost over. Um, yeah, thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll, we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. What time of day is it? Uh, it is getting into evening. It is like 6 p.m., so the sun is like just over the horizon. Um, I am going, would Cecil be like at the club? Um, you don't know. So, I mean, you know that the club opens at 7, um, and you know that she said she was working tonight. Uh, so, short answer is like, it's probably not a bad bet that she is yeah. at the club, but you don't know for sure. Okay, yeah. If I, you know, because I kind of probably have a general idea of, like, when she, like, leaves for work and stuff. So I'm just going to go ahead and head to the Sleepless Circuit and shoot a text to Akala um, and just say, heading to the Sleepless Circuit, going to hold down the fort. Oh, okay. Uh, Word. So the Sleepless Circuit is not on the, like, ring of the Argoplex. It is, like, a few streets out from the center but it is still close enough by where it is about a 30-ish minute walk from where you are um yeah just to kind of like deal with the crowds and stuff um so we'll just say that you make your way over there uh with m0 um you also look at m0 and you see a little blinking red light next to his eyes and he looks up at you and goes (laughs) and then the red light goes on um i think you get the impression that he was recording ah okay all right we're going to cut back to rama um you're still in your cell you've been uh hanging out uh 
avoiding the Gamorrean pig man. Um, <laughs> still smells awful. You've seen uh, over the past couple hours various prisoners um, get released um, in handcuffs to speak to various men in business suits um, that have started talking to them about their case in like legalese. You see uh, you know, the Wookiee that was down the hall get brought out um, of the jail cell in handcuffs talking to a much smaller human lawyer. Um, your uh, companion in front of you, uh, the Nautilin, um, whose name you did not ask for, so you do not know, um, gets taken out by a lawyer um, and he starts explaining the story he told to you about an hour ago um, about crash landing and how it wasn't his fault and how he was captured and that whole thing. Um, and eventually it is your turn. Uh, a very shabby looking Twi'lek man with kind of light gray skin, wearing an ill-fitting and not well-pressed suit with a crinkled tie um, and obvious sweat stains around his collar comes in looking extraordinarily like rushed and bereft and it's like, uh, uh, are you Mr. Viron? Are you Saul Goodman? <laughs> uh, he, he looks at you for a second and is like, how did you know my name was so? <laughs> oh, wrong universe. Um, uh, uh, wait, I guess I'm still. I never changed back, so I guess I'm just <laughs> Robert Vidron, but in Zaprak form. Uh, yes, that is my name. Right. Nice to meet you. My name is uh, Saul McBiggins. Um, I'm your defense <laughs> attorney. <laughs> that's that's Brennan. That's not Rama. It's just shit. Was it was it Mick Biggins that got you? Yeah, his name is actually Saul, is it? It wasn't before you said it was. <laughs> Don't make it Saul. We got enough copyright infringements on this. The name Saul isn't copyrighted. We have no copyright Bible. infringements on this podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> make sure of that. I need. You'll be hearing from my lawyer, Disney. So is it our is our lawyer not just Rob? It is just Rob. <laughs> Uh, Mr. McBiggins uh, looks at you, looks very overworked, um, and he says, okay, uh, whoa, uh, I was told you're a Claudite. Uh, <clears throat> that's correct. We, uh, shape shift painfully. Ah, uh, yeah, um, so, so, okay, let me start from the beginning. I'm going to be your defense attorney. Sorry that I am so late. Been a little overworked around here. And they didn't tell me that we were going to have the indictment hearing today and you were just arrested. Really unprecedented stuff. But we got to move quickly. So um, a guard comes over and he's like, yeah, yeah, can you uh, unlock his cell? Put him in handcuffs. We're going to have to debrief him really quickly. Um, your cell gets unlocked um, and you're put in cuffs again. He says, okay, so we're going to walk and talk, Rama. We're going to rock, walk and talk. So first things first, I'm going to need you to change back into how you normally look like because uh, as a legal system, we can't have you like impersonating other species or people for official court hearings. I know it's kind of an embarrassing hard ask, but could you change back? Uh, uh, look. I'm Mandalorian. I, I can't show my real face. What's the normal procedure for that? 
Whoa, you're, you're a Mandalorian? What, what happened to your voice? So... No, that was the Nautilin. Oh, shit. Uh... <clears throat> wait, wait, come back. Don't take him away yet. Wait, you said you're a Mandalorian? <laughs> so, we're gonna go. <laughs> you bastard, it was your ship. No, uh, it was not. It was not. <laughs> uh, and he, uh... Um, gets carried. Uh, you, he, like, escorts you out. Um... And you guys like walk and he takes you to like a private uh, meeting room where he briefly explains some stuff. So here's the deal, Rama. We cut a deal with the prosecutor's office. Now, they're not going to charge you with triple homicide, which is great news, buddy. Great news. So you're probably so you're probably not going to be thrown in the Vlad. Excellent. Well, this has been good. You've done a good job. I'm like trying to shake his hand with my handcuffs. Oh, I appreciate your work. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's a really thankless job. Yeah, I really appreciate <clears throat> Listen, uh, that doesn't mean they're not going to charge you with anything because you're a – we like to call you storied individuals. Uh, you have had a lot of history that the police department has kept track of. So, um, with that in mind, this is the gist of the deal. If you plead guilty to all the other charges, they're going to slap you with a fine, right? There's going to be some uh, reconciliation that you're going to have to do. They might ask you to do community service or do some other things, but it's mostly going to be a fine, and you shouldn't have to spend a whole lot of time in the clink if the judge is feeling good. You shouldn't get that harsh of a sentence, but I need you to plead guilty to uh, everything that they throw at you. I got two things about that. Uh, first off, <clears throat> is there any way to substitute the fine for community service more? But I've, I've got something I'm saving up for. It's kind of been about 10 years in the making. Uh, well, you know, it never hurts to ask, but between you and me, the things that you're going to be charged with are usually a minimum jail time or a fine. And it's within the judge's discretion to assign that. So I personally would love to do that for you, but I can't. Uh, secondly, isn't it kind of messed up that my fate depends entirely on how the judge is feeling that day? Well, you know, they've got certain guidelines that they got to follow and the prosecutor is going to charge you what they think is best to charge you with. And then the system just rolls from there. But at the end of the day, it is a human deciding the fate of your life. So what? there's you know, why does it be a human? I'd rather be judged by Jawa. That would be hilarious. They got like the robes and stuff. Oh, I sorry. I was speaking kind of generally because we live in a human dominated society between you and me. You know, you well, don't say, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, thinking of all the people being like, I'll see your Claudite, huh, you piece of shit. All right, continue. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, I understand your trepidations with the system, but I promise you that if you take this deal, you are going to save yourself a lot of headache and a lot of years serving time in the Vlad. So I was thinking about it. He's got one dream, and it's... T- to stop with the shenanigans and he's already in debt enough but he's like i guess he's weighing his options and he's like well being thrown in the vlad would also make this longer but he's a bit upset but he's like he says 
I understand. But please, is there... There's got to be some sort of thing we can do about having to show my face. I, I can't plead guilty. What man? Like, not the first Mandalorian who's been arrested. Well, uh... You know, sometimes you gotta play ball. I listen. I would. I personally wouldn't ask you to do this if it wasn't something that we just had to do. Because they can't take mug shots and sentence somebody that can change their form if they don't have what you really look like. Um, because the whole part of this is that if you weren't to comply and uh, tried to escape, then we would need to know what you look like so that we could bring you back here and do this whole thing again. And that you know, you, you know, you that you, you just don't want to do that. You know, you just don't want to do this whole thing again you know because that would just like could you ask <laughs> really you ask stress him? me out you know uh, uh can you ask him her them the judge um if the answer is no the answer is no listen we got 15 minutes i think it's gonna be a no so if you could just really speed this up get that change going we can head over to the courthouse you know 20 minutes stops in and out please he gives you like a really like strained fake smile <laughs> I'm not trying to make your job harder, but I need to keep some level of dignity. I don't have much left. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Uh, let's uh, let's do this. Um, he pulls out a surgical mask and says, <laughs> "Listen, the best I can get you is um, just change. Hey, hey, you know what? Listen, you know, you know what? Fuck the system." You're a Claudite. If you show a Claudite face, these people aren't going to know the difference. Hey, you know, and if that, you don't feel comfortable with that, and I've got this mask here, we can say that you have an autoimmune disease. I don't fucking know, but... Uh... I got an idea. I got an idea. Um, <clears throat> can you uh, cough really quick? <coughs> All right, I'm contagious. <laughs> Grab the surgical mask... And then change into a Claudite that resembles uh, Rama, but doesn't look exactly like him. It's kind of like a, a fraternal twin of, of Rama. And I'm like, ow! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, your skin ripples and rapidly changes in pigment. The horns that you grew recede back into your skull and become a part of your bone structure again. Um and you are now presenting in a claudite form. Um, okay, now we're cooking with gas. We need to get going. Uh, the courthouse is uh, about 10 degrees to the left outside of this building around the Argoplex, so let's go. Um, and you two start walking towards the exit of the police precinct. Um, Akala, you and Maxie um, see them walking. Would you like to join them? Sure, I'm just following Maxie at this point. Cool. Yeah, you and Maxie like exit the office, um, and we're kind of waiting around by the water cooler, just like chatting. Um, and you see, <laughs> yeah, very awkward, tense chat. Face <laughs> water cooler. <laughs> yeah, it is like orange for some reason. Like it's like some weird mix between like very nutrient rich Gatorade and water. Um, <laughs> and uh, so you guys kind of join in this procession. You're accompanied by a couple uh, like normal police officers um, wearing their normal like boys in blue uniform um so you are walked out of this building um you see the arc projector in front of you in this big crowd and uh, a short walk around 
the uh, outer edge of the Argoplex, um, and you come to a regal-looking antiquity courthouse that was one of the first buildings built in this district hundreds of years ago. Um, it is made out of like huge flat, like obsidian marble that reflects the light from the sparks of like the small sparks of lightning and neon that is so prevalent around the district so that it gives off this like multicolored like luminous glow off of this marble um in front of the building is a grassy square um with a fountain in the center of it and in that in that fountain is a blind human woman holding a light weapon in one hand and a balance in the other with a sash across her front um, with robes. The water is like bubbling up around her feet and on her sash uh, it says unity and peace forever. Courtroom doors are large wide mahogany doors um, that are open for you. Um, you guys go through a brief security checkpoint where everybody is scanned. Um, Akala, you and Maxi are able to take your light weapons in because you are keepers of the peace. Um, you are brought to a uh, courtroom. You are sat handcuffed um, in a <laughs> chair in front of the bar. Um, the prosecuting attorney, a uh, very stern-looking uh, Tugrutan man um, with like dark... Um, like ruddy orange skin so like not like the bright vibrant orange um, of most uh Tugurtans, but he looks like weathered um like yeah um and he has like visible age marks and is in a very crisp black business suit um the bailiff comes in and says all rise for the honorable judge lelly floops um and uh, there's no real spectators in the courtroom, but your attorney uh, stands, the prosecutor stands, Maxi stands, um, Rama and Akala, question mark? Of course, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Rama's going to give uh, McBiggins a look and be like, oh. like, stand, stand, please stand, please. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Rama's going to stand. He like straightens his like very like wrinkled red tie, like, okay, okay. Um... Mr. <clears throat> Mr. McFiggins, <clears throat> oh, please. The, the judge is about to enter. Please, please be quiet, Rama. Uh, um, fine. Uh, the judge enters in very uh, long, flowing black judicial robes um, with a white powdered wig on. He is a <laughs> awesome. He is a very overweight to Gruten man um, with uh, skin sim more similar to Akala's. Um, with, uh, instead of a lot of like white markings, he just has white markings, like in half moon, uh, crescent shapes under his eyes, going down his cheek, his head tails for him being so fat are like extra thick that are like resting on his shoulders. Like they look themselves like they are like indicative of how overweight this judge is. He kind of waddles in, um, and says, please be seated. Uh, and everyone sits, and then he says, We are gathered here today to read the indictment for one Mr. Viron. Uh, if the prosecutor could please read the indictment. Um, the prosecutor stands uh, and says, uh, Yes, Your Honor. <clears throat> Three days ago, but moments before the lightning disaster, Mr. Viron, a Claudite Mandalorian, aligned bounty hunter, attempted to skirt the regulated entry procedure for interstellar commercial and personal vehicles. 
He piloted his Razor Crest class interstellar ship past border control officers, refused to comply with the orders of atmospheric control, and was subsequently tased in orbit by standard use ship stun blasters. From there, he plummeted towards the atmosphere and was subsequently pursued by CAIFD, catch and intercept falling debris droids. However, the lightning struck and Mr. Viron was able to escape to the care of the Bounty Hunters Guild at the Solar Swirl. Mr. Viron was arrested earlier this afternoon while disguised as a Zabrak man at the scene of a murder investigation in Ipso Park, outside of the Doodah Diner. The Jedi Inquisitors have ordered a momentary hold on certain facts regarding the nature of this crime scene, yet Mr. Viron has admitted to Jedi Inquisitors his involvement in the killing of three homeless individuals who had been inflicted by an incredibly lethal and rare parasite. Mr. Viron encountered these individuals, killed one by shoving him to the ground, and shot one other, leaving the third for dead. Afterward, he fled the scene with an innocent bystander, one David Alexander Octavius Rex. Who, oh, fucking awesome! Sorry, that's Brennan, that's not Ronaldo. <laughs> who suffered minor injuries as a result of the interaction as well. During the altercation in the atmosphere, a man held in bounty, one Digo Nevada, was launched from the ship's escape pod and crashed into the Power and Lights district in the neighborhood of Marine, destroying both city and residential property. Mr. Viron, in light of these facts, is being charged with evading atmospheric entrance police, operating an interstellar vehicle without a valid license, firing a weapon in a gun-free zone, obstructing an investigation, destruction of private property, destruction of public property, assault, and kidnapping. Mr. Rex has declined to cooperate with the police, give witness statements, or press charges. So unfortunately, Mr. Rex is not available with us. These are the I'm charges being... I'm going to mentally be like, oh, Davey came through. <laughs> but Rob uh, is like, just he's barely smirking under his surgical mask. <laughs> by the way, the name that was mentioned once again in that indictment for the Nautilin that was on your ship was Digo Nevada. Judge uh, Lely Floops uh, says... These are the charges that have been levied against one Varama Viron. Mr. Viron, I have been informed by both the prosecutor and your attorney that you have entered into an agreement to plead guilty to these charges. Is that true? <sighs> that it would be an accurate statement. I see. So, uh... I will read the charges once more, and after each charge, I will ask you how you plead. If you wish to continue to plead guilty, you will say, I plead guilty. So, on the first count of evading atmosphere entrance police, how do you plead? Guilty. For one charge of operating an interstellar vehicle without a valid license, how do you plead? Guilty. Do one charge of firing a weapon in a gun-free zone, how do you plead? Guilty. For obstructing an investigation? Guilty. Destruction of private and public property? Guilty. Assault and kidnapping? How do you plead? Uh, I'm going to whisper to McBiggins and say, I, I thought charges weren't being pressed on that one. Um, sir, do you wish to not go through with the plea agreement? Do you mind understand that you've changed your plea? 
I would just like a second to consult my attorney about uh, about uh, about something, if if it would please the court or something. I will give you one moment to discuss with your attorney. Excellent. How long is a moment in court terms? Uh, however I feel like it. <laughs> okay. Mr. McBiggins, I thought that wasn't being pressed by old Davy. Uh, no, see, uh, yeah, he he's not pressing charges, so I, listen, I'm probably not going to hit you with any uh, specific sentences for that one. Um, but it is, uh, you know, uh, actually, your honor, my client raises a good point that Mr. Rex has declined to press charges for the assault and kidnapping. So that actually should not be part of the plea deal. Um, Rama, give me, we're going to combine two rolls. So I'm going to roll persuasion for this lawyer. You're going to roll persuasion for you. Um, we're going to combine those. And if that beats a 15, we'll drop those charges. Excellent. Uh, I, I do want to say, I mean, I guess like it, it it's could still be a criminal thing, but it, it, if it would, it would definitely not be a tort, right? Because it, it's being, no, this is a criminal, this is a criminal trial. So right, yeah, just making sure not that Rama would know that, but <laughs> meanwhile, Akala is just watching through her hands, making sure Rama doesn't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's a 19 okay yeah he rolled the 14 so you both rolled really high so uh the so judge lely floops uh says mm, i see yes well mr rex has declined to press charges hmm yes is correct hmm well my clerk made an error there um okay I'm gonna, so. can i stank eye the prosecution um you do and the prosecutor looks at you like very from like the T- like he tilts his head upward, and is looking down at you, like a like side and askance look. Like this, this man is beneath this court. Not <laughs> be here. I love the supercilious look. That's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, okay, well, all other charges have been pled guilty to. The court will now announce the sentence. This court has been advised that jail time in this case would be inappropriate because of outstanding duties that Mr. Viron owes to the Jedi Order. In lieu of prison time at the Vlad Tetraplex Complex, the court hereby enters judgment in the form of a fine for no less than 55,000 credits as a matter of course, Mr. Viron's license to hunt bounties has been revoked. His license to operate interstellar vehicles has been suspended. To pay court costs, his sole remaining asset, the remains of one Razor Crest interstellar ship, will be sold at auction by the court. The court is adjourned. <laughs> Well, that went good. Rama, hey, you're not going to, it's just a fine. Um, listen, it's uh, been great being here, attorney. I've got McBiggins, other I got two questions for you. First off, how many cases have you taken before mine? Ooh, uh, let's see. It's been a really uh, fast-paced couple of years. I've handled... Uh, 200 cases. Excellent. Okay. Second question. Why did you want to be a lawyer? Well, you know, uh, 
yeah, why don't we step outside the courtroom for this conversation? Uh, and he kind of leads you. Uh, your handcuffs are undone um, since you've been sentenced and it's just a fine. You don't have to spend any more time in jail. Um, you are walked. Uh, I, you guys are able to exit the courtroom. Um, an officer uh, hands you a briefcase that contains your weapons like outside the courthouse. Um, and... Uh, Mr. McBiggins uh, says, well, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think at the start of it, I uh, felt like I had a really good aptitude for it, and um, I wanted to do some good in the world, and so I decided that I wanted to defend criminals. Um, but it turns out that a system of justice that profits off of imprisoning people really doesn't treat people that try to defend people from getting into jail very well. Um, so I have ended up working a ton of hours for very little pay. And I think that, you know, maybe it's starting to, you know, old uh, Saul here, it feels a little bit burnt out, you know. Uh, so, you know, I'm only 23. I look like I'm 41, you know, it's impossible. Uh, it's a really hard job. So, um, Anyway, I've got like five other cases today, so I'm congratulations on not going to the Vlad. So sorry to hear about the ship and the money. I gotta go. Hey, he hands you a card. Let me know if you ever get arrested again, and I'll be there way faster. You just give me a call. Uh, so, hey, uh, and he dips. I was just gonna breathe a heavy sigh and stare at his feet for a while. Um, Akala, you and Maxi are with Rama in this moment as well. Um, I'm going to walk over to Rama and put a hand on her shoulder. Uh, are you okay, Rama? Uh, right. I, I think we need to get out of here, probably. Akala, you can use that force thing, right? Uh, I don't know if I want to entertain you with what you're about to say. I understand. But, at some point, I assume you will learn how to use it if you don't. If you want to know if I'm okay, imagine that being taken away. Along with that shield lightsaber thing of yours. And also the Jedi Temple. And also your master, whoever that guy is. And also your ability to be a Jedi. Then imagine, after being banished from the Jedi Order, you were left out in the middle of this godforsaken city to sit by yourself and think about how you are absolutely nothing, and you will be nothing, and you are nothing. That's what it's like to be a Mandalorian who's not a bounty hunter with no ship and no helmet in the front of a court of law being forced to admit that you did a handful of stuff that everybody else would have done too. Um, I'm not 100% sure what to say to that, so I just kind of pat him on the on the shoulder. Um, well, well, That's rough, buddy! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I, I definitely have a, a look of concern and care on my face, and I just say, we'll, we'll get it figured out, Rama, I promise. Now, um, do you want to meet me outside in a moment? I want to talk to Maxie here. Yeah, I've been enough trouble anyway. And he's just gonna slowly walk off. Well, that's that was something. I uh, yeah, 
I couldn't do anything more than convince the prosecutor that they wouldn't succeed charging him with homicide. Um, I just, uh, Maxie, this, this mission has been really tough for me, and you helping me out here has just been a huge breath of fresh air, so thank you sincerely for that. Um, you're welcome. I appreciate you saying that. Yes, uh, I'm glad I could help. Um, there's a lot of things that we need to learn about being Jedi. I've been at this for some time and still feel like I don't always know what the right path is. I think that you have a good sense for justice, Akla, and I would ask you to rely on your instincts and your character, because at the core of you is a good person. And... With that being said, if you put your faith in that man, well, then I suppose that means something about him as well. I don't envy him. I imagine losing his ship and his bounty hunting license will put quite a dent in his preferred method of employment. But, uh, who knows? Maybe you'll figure something out. I must return uh, to my duties. Stay in touch. Uh, if things go bad, I want to know about it. Of course. And I'll do the same over here as well. Uh, may the force be with you, Akala. To you as well. He exits the courthouse um, and walks back to uh, the precinct um, with uh, the rest of the officers. That's where we're going to end this session. Nope. We're stuck with it. It's in there. I was just so caught off guard. I just did not expect it. <laughs> just the oh, that was afterward. Brutal. So we open. Love with... you. Love <laughs> too. I'm just really dumb. <laughs> is this episode ten? It is yes. episode ten. <laughs> cool. We open. I swear to God, you guys have got to let me start this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Or what? Or what? What are you going to do? I mean, as the DM, I could just do nothing. And we could could do that. We could just stare at each other for three hours. You think I wouldn't stare at you for three hours? You think I wouldn't call your bluff? Listen, I know that we have good enough chemistry to make eye contact for for hours at a time, Mills. But that's just not the time. So, (laughs) hey. uh, Okay. You did hit hit us with lightning for no reason. That was kind of petty. But continue. It's trying to start some shit. God damn. <laughs> Sir, you are in jail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, Lord. Uh, this is not no longer a cold open, but rather a lukewarm open. <laughs> we open with the metal... Okay, I'll DM. Yeah, do okay. it. Go for it. So... 
Rama, you're yep. in jail. That's correct. <laughs> what are your thoughts right now? <laughs> uh, I'm looking back over my life decisions, and I've still got my fake voice on at the moment because I can mm-hmm. change it at will with a lot of pain and some damage. And so, but my so my interior monologue for some reason is stuck with my uh, with my fake voice. And I'm like, oh man, I believe I messed this up. I uh, I hope someone can get me out of this. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Rob. I just took over DMing while you were gone. Do you do you want me to pass it back or do you want me to DM? Yeah, go ahead and pass the baton. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, you can have it. That's what the baton sounds like. Hannah, we're going to cut every single thing that happened before this. So we're, we're just gonna <laughs> you have to make the book sound so I know that you picked up the baton, though. Boop. Thanks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 